The devil went down to Georgia. He was looking for a soul to steal. He was <laughs> hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Floor You Podcast. I'm Paul Pleshek, and I'm here with my my usual partner in crime, Sonny Callahan. Sonny, how yes, you doing? Yes, sir. I'm doing well, Paul. How are you doing, buddy? I am doing well. We've been, uh, we, we can see that you're in a on-site location with a witness in hiding there. Yep, that's right. We are uh, down here at FCICA in Atlanta, Georgia, hence the uh, opening music. I'm sitting here with my good friend, Seth Pavarnik. He's a director of technical services at Ardex North America. Yeah, appreciate it, Sonny. Paul, good to see you guys. Glad to, to have you on the show. Absolutely. Be. Seth, move that, move that a little closer to the mic there. You're, you're just, a, just a hair quiet. There we go. Now. Yeah, can hear you now. Really glad you could join us, Seth. You have been a uh, great supporter of NAFCT and have done so much with us with the school. We've often gotten to spend some time together, so it's it's great to have you here, and I'm sure it's going to be a great conversation. Thanks for joining us. Ah, certainly. Glad to be here. No, we're, we're going to have a blast. Uh, it's, um, we're glad we, we waited to, to meet up with him because we knew we'd be here in person, here for FCICA. And uh, with all the with all the smart technical people here, we still wanted to have Seth. <laughs> we chose Seth. Yeah. <laughs> or he was the only one that said yes. Either way, that works. That's it. Uh, I, I expect my so, five dollars when we're done here. I got you a bottle of water. <laughs> so you're at the mid year for FCICA. How's that going? No, it's going great. We've. Uh, We've had educational uh, sessions yesterday and today. Got committee meetings tomorrow. Uh, let's see, the contractors who attended, they're on a Shaw tour right now, head up to Dalton. So um, uh, so they're going to be having fun doing that and, and just having a good time, good people. It's a great organization for sure. Nah, certainly I've, always enjoyed, I've always enjoyed the, the mill tours. I mean, you've learned so much just seeing how things are made. And as an inspector, that part of the – puzzles often kind of yeah well i mean it's not well us as manufacturers we kind of take it for granted but one of the girls amy johnson she grabbed me this morning she goes i'm so excited to go to shaw i've never seen carpet being made i'm like well you're gonna be disappointed <laughs> but no it's fun we we take it for granted to see this stuff and uh, i know everybody's gonna enjoy themselves because they got some nice facilities up there one of their 37 plants i don't know which yeah, one they're really, going to really. <laughs> and 37 out of like 2 million in the Dalton area, greater Dalton area, right? Exactly. Yeah. Now I've taken a few tours up there in Dalton. It's uh, it, it is fun seeing that stuff being made for sure. No, it for certainly sure. is. I mean, you know, certainly Sonny and I, you know, from a manufacturing background, we've you know, been through plant tours, but um, it's really cool just to, just to see how things are manufactured, processed, you know, stored, you know, start of the assembly line, you know, to the end of the assembly line. So they, you know, contractors should really enjoy it. Most of the time when you go see those, you, 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 you realize how simple it really is because you try to overcomplicate it in your mind. It's going to take this, this, and this, and oh, no, it's only that. And it's, it's just neat to watch how, how I don't want to say simple because that's the wrong word, but how efficient they've got the process oh, right, down. Right. And it's just amazing to watch it. Two or three feet per minute going through those machines. and Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just, it's amazing the speed that you can, that, that they can manufacture carpet and, and complicated patterns too. Oh. You know, these things are moving so fast. It's unbelievable. 
lucky for me, we're still made by humans, so things go wrong and I get to work. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're still the inspector going out there. Yeah, yep. So Seth has, has uh, as I said before, Seth's helped us a lot with the with the NAFCT and with the ISSI course, the Introduction to Subfloor Substrates Inspections. And Seth, you've been in the industry now. I mean, looking at you, you're what, about 31, 32, roughly? Uh, actually, I'm um, um, almost 62 now. I look really, really good for my age. <laughs> I'm 74. What's your career path through the industry? Where'd you start and, and how'd you get to this point? How'd and, you get here? Yeah, really. Um, now, I grew up in construction, so... Uh, Grandfather was a general contractor, commercial general contractor. So in the summers and over, you know, Christmas breaks, you know, I was basically a gopher. So, which uh, <laughs> translates to, to go for this and <laughs> go for that. But uh, started there. But um, you know, went to school and got a bachelor's of science degree in, in marketing and finance, and was going through the interview process after I graduated and you know, saw this position uh, from Ardex and. Called my father up and, and said, hey, what, what do you know about Ardex? He's like, oh, yeah, you know, we're from Pennsylvania, and that's where Ardex's home was uh, or is uh, in the Americas. And he, he basically said, no, nah, great, uh, great company, great products, and, you know, went through the interview process. And ironically, you know, started in sales for the company back in 91. And, really? Yep. I didn't know that. Oh, boy. We've got a recording going and they're frozen up. That's not good. North America, let's see if they, let's see if they, side. we just lost you for about 20 seconds. Oh no. Jeez. Oh, um, but no, an opportunity came up uh, for me to move into the technical side of the, the business. They wanted somebody that could go into a market and maybe you know, do some things on the sales side, but also support things on the technical side with installation and, I took them up on it, and you know, I've been in technical ever since. So uh, March, you know, 2020, it'll it'll be uh, 29 years for me. Wow! Wow! So that's if you ever get that uh, Back to the Future DeLorean, that's the point you go back to to change paths. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Don't fill that out. <laughs> I gotta go back to 1991. <laughs> crazy, crazy. So, yeah, so I mean, Seth and I. We, we met, uh, Seth and I met when we were teaching the ISSI class when Claudia Lazelle still had the school. She owned a school. Right. So this goes back six, seven years, maybe eight years. And uh, we were just getting involved together. And that's when she was about at the point where she wanted to retire. She didn't want to do the classes anymore. Seth and I just enjoyed doing it so much that I ended up buying the school. That's how I came up with NAFCT because I wanted Seth and I to keep te keep teaching the classes. Right. And right. Um, we haven't looked back. So hopefully we can do some more classes. Yeah, that no, was pretty cool. I mean, when you and I, when you and I, you and I started, Sonny, I mean, you know, we're both in the we're on the manufacturer side of things. You know, both had you know powders experience, both had adhesive experience, but it was kind of a good a good match just because I'm I'm stronger on the you know, the concrete, the, you know, the subfloor prep side of things, and, you know, you were stronger on the adhesive and, and the wood side of things. So it, uh, we complemented each other. In yeah. The training. Yeah. It worked out good. So he does the concrete and the, and the, uh, underlayment portion, and I do the wood substrate and the adhesive portion, and it gives a couple of good days of, of training for everybody. So I always enjoy listening to it. I learn something every time. 
I, I said on that little promo video, I don't know how many times I've sat through Seth doing the video for the um, concrete portion of it. However, every single time I come back and I learn something new. Every yeah. time I've got a new application for something. And I, I look back and I think, wasn't I listening the last 10 times? <laughs> Haven't I taught this class before? <laughs> uh, no, I, I totally hear you. I mean, you're, you, know, you know, not to leave Paul out by any means here. No, but, you can leave um, him Yeah, maybe you should leave him out. Huh? <laughs> Just leave him nah, But, uh, you know, Paul and I have, uh, you know, tag team some of the, the ISSI certification as well. And obviously his strong point is no, on the wood he... side of things. And uh, it's the same way for me, Paul. So when I... You know, listen to you teach, uh, you know, wood and subfloors and installations. Like, I'm always picking up something, so. Yeah, definitely on the inspection side, too. I'll give him credit there. He knows a little bit about inspecting floors, so <laughs> he helps me out. Yeah. Well, it's a good, uh, and we've talked about this before on here as well. It's just the way he looks at a complaint and the way I or you would look at a complaint are completely different. Oh, yeah. So it's good to have that contradicting uh, uh, point of view to see, you know, to make sure you get everything covered because it's not always cut and dry. I mean, when have we ever gone to a complaint and it's just been one thing that went wrong? It's never one thing. It's three, four, five things that go wrong to cause the problem. So it's always good. Well, and you get into these classes and one thing that we're really going to miss as, as it appears online training is going to take over or at least get more and more dominant in the industry is those discussions during the class when somebody disagrees or asks a question and boy that's that's the place where you really start to understand the application that comes from the class i think that's something that's going to be sorely missed as the online part of the education takes over you can't fight progress you can't fight trends in the industry but that yeah because you see that you see the student sitting there you say something and you see the wheels turning and then they ask the question and you realize and they realize they've been doing something wrong for 20 years or there's a better way to do it maybe not been doing it wrong there's a better way for them to do it and then you see that aha moment and we're going to miss that if we start doing them on the web on on the webcast but like paul said i mean that's just kind of the way it's going but uh, that is something we're looking to do here in the near future. For sure. Yeah, I hear you. We're, um, you know, we're, we're as a manufacturer, you know, we're pressed to go down uh, that road, and you know, we're well underway globally with, uh, you know, with e-learning. Uh-huh. Um, but, but I'm right there with you when it comes to, you know, the people in the classroom type setting. I mean, you'll get somebody from, you know, Vancouver, um, you know, British Columbia, somebody from Miami, Florida, and they got two totally different environments, and you know, what's a problem up in the you know, the, the Pacific Northwest of the country is totally different from right. know, the Southeast. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, and add to that the dialogues that, that go on, uh, mm-hmm. you know, back and forth with, with contractors. Uh, you know, you can't really put a price on what you learn from those types of dialogues. Yeah, even the students networking with themselves. Forget yeah. the teachers. You know, you just hear them talking, oh, I do this, I do that. I've learned from that, you know, just listening to these installers. Oh, uh, dinner, you, you t- dinner time and at dinner time and break time and oh yeah, because you're completely immersed in it, uh, immersed yeah. in it. That's what I was trying to say. Well, you mentioned e-learning. Do you guys have a YouTube channel? Uh, we do. We okay, do. we do uh, certainly. We do uh, you know videos of installation, short mm-hmm. uh, uh, videos uh, from that standpoint, and um, uh, we're, we're branching off into you know, more you know online training to where. 
you know, there'll be tests that uh, will mm -hmm. follow that in order, right. you know, kind of like a certification, even though manufacturer it's, training. Yeah, it's yeah. manufacturer training, yeah. but uh, you know, we don't technically certify, as as you're aware, but but um, you know, follow with a test. Uh, but we currently in-house um, when we instituted a program back in 1992, where we wanted to make our reps the most knowledgeable reps, and we uh, started with. Uh, a publication from. I think you've succeeded at that. Let's, Just yeah. let me put that in there. Uh, I'll admit that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, we test all of our, our reps um, on different industry topics, uh, and that's done, you know, all online. You know, the most critical one that we start everybody with is a, is a book from the Portland Cement Association, Design and Control of Concrete Mixtures, and it goes through everything from trivia that you know where the name you know, portland cement came from you know, all the way to you know, proper mixing transportation placing finishing you know, etc nice. so um e-learning you know we're, we're going to evolve there uh it's, it's it's it is critical you know, you know everybody move that way uh from an education standpoint but we can't really take away from the, the hands-on aspect of it uh because that's equally as critical mm -hmm. it's one thing to learn right uh, about something, but the, the hands-on in our industry is is equally critical. Right. No, and you guys do offer that, right? You you'll bring customers in, and you'll have tell tell us about those yeah, events. Yeah, yeah. No, we. I mean, I started back in '91, but uh, you know, long before that, uh, Artex has always prided themselves on training. Um, you know, our core attendee uh, to our training seminars is, is the installer. You know, keeping in mind if a, if a superintendent wanted to attend or an architect or distributor, you know, they're all welcome. Mm -hmm. you know, anybody can sign up and attend the classes, but it's tailored towards the, you know, installation contractor where uh, we the break The person up. using the material. Yeah, right. absolutely. Uh, the mechanic himself. Uh, and it's, it's a matter of we break it up between classroom and hands-on, a little bit more heavily focused on the hands-on because mm -hmm. that's the critical part. Well, we learn about a product in the classroom, you know, go out to the demo area and uh, mix that up and apply that material so that they understand it, they get to touch and feel it, taste it, smell it, and uh, make their mistakes uh, in our warehouse. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're explaining a lot here if, they're, if you're having them taste it, I think. <laughs> a little bit more in depth than I thought. Yeah, like video it. disclaimer, video disclaimer, do not eat. <laughs> do yeah, we need that scrolling across the bottom. Do not eat self-leveler. <laughs> Do not smell, taste, or eat self-leveling or any type of patching material. These are jokes, people. Unless your iron's low, because it'll help with your iron. There I'll you build go. it up a little there bit. You, go. <laughs> you don't have anything with lead in it for them to eat? Come on. Yeah, really. <laughs> the lead's gone. The asbestos is gone. And yeah, all the good stuff is gone. You got to be able to eat it. Or do, I probably you, do you remember, speaking of that, do you or, or, do you remember back when, I won't say the manufacturer, but there was an executive with this adhesive manufacturer, and he would go around and do demos with his multipurpose adhesive. And after he would give his whole spiel, he goes, yeah, it's, it's clean enough to eat. There's no VOCs or nothing. He would take a spoon of adhesive, no. and he would eat it. You don't remember that? I know somebody on the, you know, I won't mention any names, but on the patch and leveling side that did that as well. Oh. It's not me. Oh, so. gosh, I wouldn't do that with a patch and leveling. <laughs> you know, you do the adhesive, you just drink a bunch of water, it's going to be done. But he was doing that like once a week at a demo. Oh, wow. So they, they used to call him, I think, old Lockjaw McGillicuddy, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, <really>. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, technically you can. There's nothing in there that'll hurt you, but, you know, but that was the way he would close his demo. Yeah. Wow. 
Yeah, he wouldn't open with it because it got hard to talk after about 15 minutes. My tummy hurts. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. The batch would do. Think of a bathroom drain. <laughs> well, we have gotten way off course here. Yeah, we just crashed. <laughs> Squirrel. While we're there, I'll just say. So did you see it the other day on Flooring Installers of America? Somebody asked about, you know, where do you do your clean out for your underlayment? Guy goes, bathtub. Uh, <laughs> do it in the bathtub. I mean, he was completely 100% joking. But yeah. I was like, you can't say that. Somebody's going to do it in the bathtub, and they're going to have an issue. I wish I had five bucks every time we oh. got a, a, a sawed-off uh, you know, P-trap drain in to confirm whether it's our material or not. Yeah. Is this yours? <laughs> Somebody wow. said, uh, you know, cleaning cement products. I mean, at that drain. point, it's like, does it really matter? The installer did it. I mean, it's, that's yeah. what happens, you know. Mm-mm-mm. Is it your stuff? <laughs> I, I I'm speechless. Yeah. <laughs> no, it happens all the time. So well, what are you up to, Paul? yeah really uh did we get beyond the point where we talked about the weekend no i laid on my back all weekend because my back was shot oh that's never Packers dominate the lions obviously on monday well the packers and the and the refs you know don't forget your your mvp was the umpire let's not let's not forget we're talking about a team yeah that has such a an egregious game ending penalty or a game ending call that it ended the labor strike. <laughs> <laughs> I saw, I saw one of the, one of the refs do the Lambo jump up into the stands, you know, they're high five. <laughs> oh. Listen, I've watched the Cowboys pay off the refs every game they've played them against them. So I'm not sure which millionaire Packer fan went up and slipped them some cash, but <laughs> keep up the good work. Keep it hey, up. Cowboys went down. Yeah, they had the, they had the Jets uh, get their first win under their belt. The Jets, that's crazy. Yeah, I was going to say are, the Cowboys were only good if they were uh, playing a team that had a losing record, but that's not true. I love I, my favorite that? meme is and my favorite meme is the one that said it's not a logo, it's a rating. It's a one star rating. Uh, classic. Classic. I uh, I actually didn't get to watch any football this reason uh, this weekend. I was down at Talladega. All weekend for my first NASCAR experience. Went down there with um, a bunch of guys from Ropey, uh, Flexco, Novalis, Lobavacal, Don Jewel. He was a guest on the show. Who else was there? I think that was it. But we were there Saturday for the truck event and the race Sunday. It was interesting. Nice. nice. Talladega was a pretty interesting place to be. I've never been to a NASCAR race, but I'd like to go. I, I, I enjoy racing, but I don't see a lot of it. Yeah. Plus, football season starts, I don't see any of it. No. Yeah. I did, um, years ago, I went to Indy Time Trials. It was out in Indianapolis. And, you know, I saw, you know, get on, you know, you, you, years ago, you used to be able to get down onto the, you know, the grass and the pit and everything like that in the, uh, in the time trials. Um, but you see a car coming out of the pit, and it's like, holy cow. How fast they're moving, but then yeah. they make a lap, and then you don't know how fast 225 is until you're standing there seeing a car go. Just by. a blur, just yeah. a blur it's go crazy. by. Well, that was the thing. We were up in the stands. We we had we, we went down in the infield too, but in the in the stands when they would come by, it would literally shake your entire body. 
because it was just so loud. I had no idea it was like that, but I enjoyed it. We're going to go back. We're going to camp on the infield. We saw enough things that we decided we're going to go back. <laughs> there were some crazy people. One of the, one of the guys in the group is a cop, so it helps us. So <laughs> it protects us. <laughs> I, I've heard they, they tend to make uh, Bills fans look downright docile. Yeah, hoity-toity. <laughs> <laughs> so if you've ever seen uh, the the legend of Ricky Bobby, Talladega Nights, it, it's true. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> so that's not speaking up. The Steeler fan sitting over there, and you got a quarterback to call. I'm just waiting for you to bring up the Steelers. Just <laughs> waiting. <laughs> Can you say uh, down to your third uh, quarterback? Was... On your third now? Oh, wow. That was when uh, Rodgers went down. That pretty much was, well, that season's over. What else is on? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, ben went down, and then Mason Rudolph uh, was concussed, uh, concussed. Last, week, last week. So, <laughs> yeah, Bell, Bell's gone, and uh, he that shall not be named is gone. And Antonio. Oh, God. Uh, he says he's coming back now. Uh, yeah, him and Kaepernick. Kaepernick. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's see. We're we're gonna wrap up here this week, Friday. Yep. And then what? I guess what's next? I guess you and I will be together at ASTM. ASTM. You're gonna go to Clearwater for ASTM. Absolutely. I, we do this every podcast. We tell you guys you need to join ASTM. Seventy five dollars a year. You get access to all those documents, and uh, and you get to vote. You get a voice. Well, you so, get access uh, to the documents in the category you join. So in you'll the category, get, right? Yeah. So you get access. I'm on the FO6 as well, and you get every one of the resilient documents. Yep. yep. I mean, and that would be thousand dollars, two thousand dollars worth of worth of standards that you oh, yeah. get forty five to seventy five dollars a piece. Yep. It's uh, it's it's no ridiculous not to do it. Yeah. And the only real. The only real commitment with it is, is that you get ballots now and then, and you if vote. you don't, if you don't know anything about it, just say abstain, uh, abstain. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, it. that's not your expertise. You simply abstain. Yeah, let the people that understand that topic make those decisions. But you know, you guys go to the events. I've said for a long time I'd like to get more involved in the future. It's just too many, too many irons in the fire right now. But, right. Yeah, I, I I really like ASTM because the way they do the schedule, it starts on a Wednesday afternoon. So you can come in Wednesday morning, you're in meetings Wednesday afternoon, and then half a day on Thursday, and you can fly out Thursday. You're literally gone one night. Okay, so if I do get more involved, don't tell my wife that. Because if that meeting's in Clearwater, I live in Wisconsin. Oh, I'm staying a week. I'm staying a week down there. <laughs> My wife calls. I got to be able to say, "Yeah, we're in meetings the whole time." I, you know. So this will be a good chance to see if my friend Jim O'Dell is watching because I'll be staying at his house, <laughs> <laughs> going out on his boat. Nice. And by the, the test- way, when I told my sister happy birthday, she did not listen, so she has not told me that. <laughs> but the test is out there now. We do shoutouts like this, and people don't. We're gonna know yeah. you're not paying. You know, you're not listening. You're not. I'm gonna call them out. They're not supporting us. I mean, jeez. We're doing this for free, for God's sake. <laughs> I, I, I mean, so for my five dollars. Well, it's five. I, it's five dollars. I gotta buy him lunch. 
Uh, it is good here, though, at FCICA. I've had a couple people tell me they're listening to them. I had one guy who goes, yeah, I'm about four hours away from the airport. So when I left yesterday morning, I just turned them on and listened to three of them. <laughs> oh, well, hopefully that's... did fall asleep and crash. <laughs> <laughs> we try to have enough of a conversation. Hopefully there's some entertainment there in addition to the information, but we're not we're comedians. We're talking about flooring, though. We're full, oh, that's right. <laughs> Right. So, Flory, what do you think? <laughs> yes. 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 All, right. <laughs> All right. So, so what's Arctic's been up to? What do you got for, uh, you got materials out? You got, uh, what, what, what's uh, new products or? Yeah, you guys deserve a, a plug. Time. You get to talk product specific. You, you earned a plug. <laughs> no, I mean, new product, uh, you know, coming out that uh, doing some field trials right now, self-drying, self-leveling, uh, floor covering in about an hour or two. But uh, the cool things here, um, low tension. And that kind of blows my mind a little bit because when you have something that's curing very quickly uh, and also achieving some pretty crazy compressive strengths after a day, you're at about 5,000, over 8,000 after 28. Um, but having low tension. But having low tension. So you associate wow. fast cure, you know, quick strength development with tension because, mm-hmm. you know, the change in from a liquid material to a solid, but it's a low tension. So uh, field trials right now and look forward to that product uh, you know, becoming a material on the market. Um, we have two, two water ratios. So have a high flow for the thin application, eighth inch applications, and then a So low tension, low tension, are you talking about? The less breakage as it's drying is that what you're less it's not shr- shrinking as much or tolerating the shrinkage better as it dries yeah um with, with self-drying you, you don't have the shrinkage because it's binding the, uh, the water off chemically changing it from h2o to whatever it changes to but you can all, you can have tension even though you don't have shrinkage because the material is changing from a, a liquid to a solid in a short period of time uh, so in some cases, tension, you know, can be created. Uh, some of the, you know, the older technologies uh, of yesteryear, you know, had a lot of tension in them. Mm-hmm. Um, and the newer technologies uh, and chemistries that are out there are, are uh, you know, just far better and it doesn't have that stress or that tension. And, and what tension equates to, um, you know, could be failures. I mean, if, uh, you know, years ago they had 4K15 over a weak gypsum substrate. And the K15 would cure overnight and it would yank all the gypsum off the floor. You just pull it apart. Yeah, and that's an expensive way to tear the gypsum out. Yeah. <laughs> you, know? Um, you know, but newer technologies, uh, hybrid uh, technologies that are out there don't have that tension. There's leveling products on the market that can be poured successfully over uh, gypsum products without creating the stress or the tension to disturb, you know, that gypsum. So, you know, yeah, there's solutions, nice. you know, out there present day to, to pour over those weak type substrates. It, and that's a big problem. I was talking to someone this week about multifamily, and they just decided they're just going to stay away from it because there's just no real solution for when those gypsum subfloors break. Right, right. You know, so that would be an option for that for sure. Certainly. Yeah. So mainly the tension is coming as a result of, and damaging on gypsum substrates, or do you have tension issues with, not tension issues, but... Um, tension with other substrates is it pulling the material off the you said it's pulling the gypsum off the substrate do yeah do yeah. the low low integrity of the, of yeah. the gypsum but okay. you know, your traditional subfloors you know whether i mean whether it's a wooden subfloor whether it's a 
concrete sub substrate, whether it's uh, properly installed, well bonded ceramic tile, you know, the, the products of yesteryear that had tension, you're not, you're not, there's not that much tension that's going to affect a okay. concrete slab, a wooden mm -hmm. subfloor, you know, a, a, a terrazzo a floor, a ceramic or tile, a ceramic tile, porcelain tile type installation. It's well, the weaker substrates. The thick pour gypsum is probably one of the, I've, I've looked at several of them, but that's always a large, large claim. Have you? It's always the weakest link. No, it is. Oh, yeah. it is. And it, and it's and it's not so much the technology um, as it can be the installation method that's on site. You know, they they show up and they dump a truckload of sand, and you have a bobcat and a pump, and they're scooping. <laughs> and right. in a lot of cases, they they put you know way too much sand in in the mix to make the product go farther, extend the. Gotcha. Covers the material and it, it can sacrifice the the performance of the performance it. Performance of it. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, you so can, you see it more with too much sand instead of too much water. Uh, if it's a combination, uh, okay. it's a combination of too much sand and too much water because yeah. you need additional water since you're putting to move the material. If you have additional okay. sand, yeah. To well, everything out. I, I I hope we can get to the point on this podcast where we can share videos. Because I have videos of those guys pouring the concrete around my pool, mm -hmm. and I'm telling you, they were pouring it. It was thinner than self-leveler. Oh, wow. It was splashing. It splashed eight feet up a wall when they poured it out of a bucket. Wow. Not not common for yeah for, yeah to over concrete. right. So it's not supposed to be that thin at all. But you, you pour it down, and it just splashed everywhere. And then they asked me what I did for a living. I said, Well, I teach a class on how to how to properly pour concrete. And finish concrete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't like that answer. <laughs> well, they just really wanted it to be convenient because that's a water of convenience, isn't it? Oh, that's it. They were yeah. they were able to slide and slush around wherever they wanted to for sure. Yeah, but, I, will, uh, I will say this though, with regard to concrete and the chemistry, I mean there are technologies out there that super plasticizers, water reducing agents out there that allow you to back water out of concrete. And you're replacing it with a chemical that, that makes it more fluid or more yeah. plastic, but uh, that costs money too. No, um, well, to do so, this, this guy was standing 40 feet away from the truck, and when the truck pulled up, what do you think he did? No, oh, threw the hose in. He did this. Yep. His guy started to pour. He goes, "No, do this." They ran water for about five minutes, and the guy goes, "Okay, I'm ready." The guy goes, "No," didn't even look at it. Said, "More water." I'm just sitting there shaking my head, going, "This is not good." So, no, and, that, and that's when you destroy the integrity. Of yeah, it. Uh, yeah. Too much water in the mix. Uh, you, there's a certain amount of water that's there for chemistry. There's a certain amount of water there for placement. That's the water convenience. The convenience, yeah. But uh, certainly, you know, throwing the hose into the back of the truck, uh, like you're describing <laughs> there, uh, you're, you're overwatering it and you're sacrificing performance and yeah, it integrity. Was, I would never, I never would have taken it if it was a, a, an interior slab, but, you know, right, around right. the pool, who cares? We'll make it work, but. Yeah. But, uh, we do the same thing when it's in the maintenance side of it. You talk all the time about the glug glug method of mixing your solutions, and you've got directions on the back that say eight ounces per gallon or whatever the whatever the mix is. I'm not sure well, how some people know how much a glug is, but they, well, bartenders <laughs> do it all the time. They know how much they're putting in there. You've never complained about that. Well, in, in Wisconsin, that's uh, that's glug glug glug. One glug, ounce. Glug, glug. <laughs> okay. Didn't even know that was a one ounce bottle. It was way off. At ten second ounce. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so what else is new? What else? What else are you? Uh, 
Gosh, I don't know. I should have thought of a question before I started talking. Nah, it's okay. So some (laughs) of the other things we've been doing here is, um, so the days leading up to FCICA, they had two different events. They had three days to sim, which is a certified installation manager. This is what FCICA behind us. They have the, if you have a project manager and you want to help train them, get them certified, uh, they had a three days to sim here. So I think they had 24, 24 people go through this program. And uh, they also had the ICRI, Peter Craig was here, and he taught the Moisture Technician 1 and 2 program. And I was actually able to be one of the judges on Monday, nice. grading them on their tests. So it was always fun to help uh, Peter Craig. If you guys don't know him, he's the most knowledgeable guy when it comes to concrete in the Certainly industry. Is. No no, no offense there, Mr. Seth, but he is crazy smart, and I can't wait to have him on as a guest. Uh, he had to fly out this morning. We're going to try to get him on today. Yeah. But um, that, yeah, that's be, a good course. Yep. And he'd be a great person to uh, podcast with. Or work with I've been fortunate uh, to work with him back in 1992. And I've known him for a lot of years and a wealth of knowledge. And every time I'm with him, you learn something. Yep. Yeah, that's it. Every time you're with him, you know. So we have to, we do have to apologize. I think that one thing that we do, especially when we're talking to each other, is uh, we throw more acronyms out than people can keep track of. Yeah. Um, so what do we just have there? We've got FCICA, that's Commercial Contractors Association. Yep. We've got ICRI, International Concrete Repair Institute. Mm-hmm. Yep. We've got the SIM as a certified installation manager. Mm-hmm. Correct. Somebody said that to me recently. Oh, Jason canton said that to me recently you know you guys throw out these initials like everybody knows what they we are assume that people know what they are <laughs> yeah that's true that's true there are way too many acronyms in this industry for sure Certainly. i can nail you guys down these are my uh i'm the in iicrc i'm the uh, inspections division chair and they're my tac chair and vice chair so now i can nail them down right on the air for when they're going to get to work on revising the look at that tax standard well, I, I did speak to I did speak to Paul off air about this, and since our division chair didn't give us any guidance, we haven't really done anything. But now that we're getting some guidance from him, I really want to jump into that ISSI. Yeah. I want to get in there and do a lot to it. There's there's a lot of room for an improvement. It's a great document. Don't get me wrong, but I think we could we can update it. Um, and we can add a lot of things to it. So I, I'm actually excited about it. I, I wish I would have been able to make it to Vegas last week. But again, just got just have too many things going on. I haven't been home in a week and a half. So when I get home, it'll be 15 days gone. Wow. So One of the, one of the things we got to talk about with that is in covering some more areas and remediation of vapor emissions. And talking about how we can get those, what treatments are available, what applications because we know we've got rolled goods, we know we've got applied goods, we've got things that can be applied to the substrate. What are what are you seeing that's new in the industry? What are you seeing that's most consistently working in the industry? And what do you see that's not working? I mean, we talk a little bit about adhesives and their levels that they can tolerate and and so forth. I've got a good one. So <laughs> I got a good one. <laughs> Let's see how you feel about this. So I, uh, some of you may know Ryan Fortune. I met him this week at the ICRI. He is a um, he does a lot of moisture testing. No, he's uh, yeah. normal, okay. Years. Yep. He worked so, for us at one point. Oh, did he? Yeah. Okay, very nice. Yep. And uh, so we were talking about things, and and he has noticed 
that he's seen a dip in his jobs for moisture testing because a lot of moisture, a lot of adhesive manufacturers out there are just saying, eh, no moisture tests. We'll cover it to anything. On the flip side of that, he is not getting consulting work, but now he's getting repair work sure. because there's a problem on the back end. And, you know, the, the manufacturer is, try, is typically finding a way to get out of the claim. Yeah. Let me put it as politically correct as I can. So we're seeing that high unlimited relative humidity, unlimited calcium chloride, and then we're seeing failures other than just moisture related. We're seeing indoor air quality issues. We're seeing sure. mold, things like that, which are not really covered under what their warranty has. So uh, I, um, let me say this first, the, the, the polymers, uh, that are available for glues present day, the acrylic materials, excellent materials, uh, adhesives have come a long way since mm -hmm. the, the old solvent days. E even without having solvent, people think, people think, you know, we can't make good adhesive without solvent, which right. is not true. Not we're true. way better than where we were 20 years ago. By far. By, by far. far. So, you, you know, I, I always call it the race to 100 from an adhesive standpoint, meaning mm -hmm. a race to 100 yep. RH with the adhesives. And here's here's my concerns with that. Um, you have uh, you have an adhesive that uh, may not be affected by moisture. Okay, so we're talking moisture as a vapor. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, then you have a situation where you could go to condensed liquid, and if you have condensed liquid under a flooring structure, then you're going to realize pH. Uh, because of the uh, you know sodium, the potassium, the chlorides, the sulfates, and the concrete. So if you don't qualify, you know where your adhesive could be used, then you could be open your 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 customers up to to issues. Right. So if if I say that my adhesive goes to a hundred percent RH and it's unaffected, then the pH better be nine. It's nine. I know. It <laughs> That's the catch. 14, That's the catch. You it know. Better be fourteen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's and if it. If it isn't, then you know there's risk there. Right. So if somebody's going to have an adhesive that goes to 100, it better be a pH of 14. If somebody has an adhesive that goes, you know, 96, 97, 98, 99, then they better qualify its use so that they don't put that adhesive into an environment to where condensed liquid would occur. Yeah, you can't take that as just a broad statement. Use right. everywhere. Right. And and that's kind of where I go back to, in, in and I beat my drum of. Doing just relative humidity testing by itself, to me, does not tell you anything. Doing just calcium chloride by itself doesn't tell you anything. It doesn't tell you enough. Enough. Either one, is, enough yeah. either one of those things. But when you put those two together, you know what's in this lab and what's the potential to come to the surface, right? I've seen jobs with 99% relative humidity work just fine. And I've seen jobs with 80% relative humidity fail. Right, yeah, only it, because how, of the how movement. How fast is it coming through? Right. So you have your source, and then how fast is it coming? How's through? it? How's it getting there? It's the movement. It's the movement of the moisture. And I just did a. Uh, I just did an article in Pro Installer magazine. I tried to make the analogy, and I hope it was. I hope it was well received. But when I go outside, and I need to see if I need to protect myself from the moisture, I don't go check the relative humidity. I check for the movement of the water. Right. Relative humidity is a part of that, but I look right. for the movement. And the same thing is true for your slab. If it's not moving to the surface, who cares? We know companies who try to block the capillaries in concrete to slow the moisture right, vapor right. down. 
you know, in theory, that's how it should work. If you can block that from coming up, you're not going to have moisture issue. It can be 99%. So it's really important to have both. And uh, hopefully we're getting a little bit of traction out there with some of the contractors, meaning FCICA, ASTM, um, to do both. And we've got that on our data sheets. And so far, I haven't been called out on it, but I know it's going to happen and I'll have to change it. But I've got, you know, 2170 and 1869. Are they doing it? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, no, everybody only, does that. I can only hope they are. I can only give them the direction to do it the best they can, right? That's That's it. Everybody does that, especially the homeowners that put it in themselves. Definitely. Every time you watch DIY Network, you see them doing moisture tests. Yes. Every time you go to Home Depot, you see that. No, what used to kill me was the show that uh, they would they would redo a house for a family in a week, and then pour concrete. You know, yeah. A couple days later, yeah, you know, they got a wood floor on exactly. top of it. It's like, yeah. are you kidding me? Like, and it was almost back. it was almost always a wood floor. Yeah, yeah, it's almost all. Like, I want them to go back and do another episode, you know, you know, a month or two later. Six yeah, months we, later. Uh, we've been involved in my old life. We were involved with a television show, and I won't say the name, but they're kind of fixing up houses, you know. And they would put wood. Well, I thought wood it was floor cops. On, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Live PD. They would put the they would put the wood floor in. Absolutely no moisture testing, no problem. I, I'm sorry, not wood, vinyl plank. And they were having problems with vinyl plank. And then they would come back, go, well, you're on TV. You know, you need to pay for this replacement. <laughs> like, no, no, that's not how that works. <laughs> so you're forcing me to put it in completely against all industry standards. And I've got to replace it. Mm-hmm. Now the TV crew's gone. You've got to fix it. Yep, yeah, exactly. that's not how it works. No, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> no, I know they had done a house like that in Nina where I live and they had all sorts of issues after that, but still a house. Yeah. You still got to <laughs> do it right. Well, and, and I tell you, that's where we need to have Roland Thompson on here. He does those restaurant impossibles. Have you seen some of the things that he does? He does, he does it for the TV show restaurant impossible. And he goes all over the country and he just grabs CFI guys while he's out. And they, they have like six hours to do, you know, the big restaurant with intricate patterns and, you know, yeah. That, he'd be neat to have on here to, to get the perspective of how they do it because I'm not sure if they keep the floor afterwards or if it's just for the just for right, the shot, right, you know. Right. Does but that I doesn't think, that set that standard for people when they're calling up and saying, "Hey, I need a floor put in." Really, ten thousand square feet. You've got twelve hours. Can you can you make sure you, you get got that six in? hours to put it in? Oh, and there's take up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, but I've seen some beautiful floors that they put in, so it'd be kind of neat to get them on here. We'll have to put him on our list, Paul. <laughs> Will do. He's there are the list. Down. That's that's I pretty impressive. That. It is impressive. Well, uh, I, I take notes as the show goes. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> I'm never afraid to learn stuff as the show goes. Take What's naps? that? You say you take naps as the show goes. Uh, I'm on camera. Um, that's, that's when he puts the logo up. That's when he's taking a nap. I'm going to shut her down for a minute. <laughs> I, I'm sure I wouldn't do that. I, I'm sure that that would be uh, the wrong thing to do at any time. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, crap. Good thing I didn't get a fat finger on something and completely screw up the video here while we're going. Turn the whole thing off. So, where's well, what your about, next trip, Paul? What's that? Where is your next trip? Do you have any uh, associations coming up? It's a good question. I think I got a board meeting in January for IICRC. 
that'll be my last January board meeting. My my three year term is up in October. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Ah <laughs> uh, well. And anyway, on on to other subjects. <laughs> but no, I I've got to go there in January. Gosh, I don't even know. Um. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't yeah, look I at my. It's oh. kind of slowing down, you know. I mean, Thanksgiving is not that far away. The NICFI convention is coming up in October. That's, Where's that? Uh, what is NICFI? Another National yeah. National Institute of Certified Floor Coverings Inspectors in Vegas. I think it's the twenty first of October. I so bet that's 20- a shit show. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> well, the business meeting. I know those it. guys. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> the, the business meeting can be eventful sometimes. Yeah, oh, I bet. And where is that going to be? I'm sorry, I cut you off. That's at the Tuscany in Las Vegas. Oh, okay. Nice. Not sure I'm going to make it down to that one. Yeah. I, and it's in He's, Vegas. I get to Vegas way too much. I don't, yeah, way too often. No. <laughs> I'm not a big well, Like I said, you know, Halloween's a couple of weeks away. And once it's Halloween, the next weekend's Christmas. So you might as well just put it all away and get ready for it. So. Good thing things are yeah. kind of winding down a little bit for yep. for the end of the year. Well, in a lot of parts of the country, things shut down in November for deer hunting. You know, yeah. I'm not a deer hunter, but boy, there's people I can't even reach for two weeks in November. Well, you know, it's funny talking to a lot of people here and, and, and during the month, a lot of people had a really soft September and no one can seem to really explain why. I don't know if you guys did too, but uh, September was a soft month. October's looking to rebound a little bit. So hopefully that's not a, uh, hopefully we'll get some, you know, usually retail picks up a little bit. So you want to get your carpets done before Thanksgiving because the right, family's right. coming over, things like that. But uh, hopefully it'll pick up a little bit. Well, to some extent, when the economy goes as strong as it has for the last three years, you know, people run out of projects, you know, there's not as much getting done. Yeah. And the big projects usually wrap up at fall in the north. Well, they don't wrap up, but a lot of them wrap up towards the fall of the year, getting things opened up and, and moving. School stops putting things in. The school districts stop putting things in at the end of the summer, so that has an effect. So, yeah, hopefully uh, hopefully it's nothing long-term. But yeah, I think it's just I'm a short out. dip. I think it's just a dip in the market. That's all. Yeah. Just timing. It'll come back. Market's been good. Everything's been strong. So, well, it's the rule of the of of any any economy. It's never flat. <laughs> if it goes up, it's going to go back down, and hopefully, the the highs and lows just aren't too far off. Yeah. So, what are you doing now? For what? Are, what do you see as the best resolution? We went we went through the testing. We went through some of the effects of the of vapor emissions and concrete. What do you what do you have you seen as some of the better solutions for remediation of high moisture and concrete? Well, I mean, it depends what your situation is. Um, you know, if we're dealing with you know an older building, slab on ground, or even below grade for that matter, where you know there's not going to be a vapor retarder, then you know your typical ASDM you know, F3010, two component, uh, you know, resinous systems are, 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 they work, you know, <laughs> yeah. very well. I mean, they, they can handle liquid water. Um, uh, they can handle uh, condensed, you know, high alkaline solution. I mean, those products can handle a pH of 14, mm-hmm. no adverse effect. But you don't always have that. You don't always need something like that either. Mm-hmm. So you, it could be a new slab that's above grade and you're, 
you know, you're higher than, you know, any of the floor covering adhesives. And there's other single component products that, you know, might be 98 or 99 type products. You save a little bit of money. Mm -hmm. You don't need the, the Cadillac, the two component resins, but you know, in that situation above grade that today it might be 99, but next month, you know, it'll be 98.5 and the month after that, <laughs> nine, you know, this right. point being it's you forever know. going down. Right. You know, you don't have a, an indefinite source of moisture in that situation. It's just water for convenience in the concrete. So there's other single component systems that, that work and there's, uh, you know, flooring adhesives in, in that situation that, that can work as that well. Mo that would work, right. 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 So we're never going to get the condensed liquid and then realize pH. Right. You know, so, you know, the single component products, you know, some of your adhesives out there in the market would work in that situation. I'll you were talking smart. You were talking before about having 100% readings on the on the RH tests and upper limits having somewhere maybe closer to a um, a nine or ten in the in the specs. Is it really even possible to have that high of a moisture level no. and have a nine or ten pH? I mean, no that that was the that was the point. We're saying that that's kind of their get out of jail free card. If you're gonna have you can't have pH without having moisture. If you're going to have moisture, you're going to have pH, right? Well, yeah. wow. uh, li liquid water, liquid, condensed, right. condensed liquid. W once it turns to liquid and gets to the that, surface, that's you, right? That's when you right. realize the pH. Right, right. Because you have to have moisture to have the pH, liquid water on the surface. So or, you're actually telling me that there may be, and we won't call anyone else specifically, I suppose. Please, God, no. <laughs> but <laughs> where they'll tell, they'll put on their packaging that this will handle up to 100%. And then in the fine print, it'll say that the pH levels have to be under ten, below what would what could, um, based on the laws of physics, lower than what could actually happen if that were to happen. Right. The the problem is here, here's the scoop. So when you when you pour concrete, you know fresh concrete is extremely alkaline. Mm -hmm. I mean you're up you know probably around twelve thirteen fresh concrete. Mm -hmm. um, as it cures and it dries. Uh, the surface will carbonate and it'll it'll drop the pH of the surface, you know, maybe down around nine or ten. Now, again, uh, you know, what do you need to conduct a pH test to read the pH on the concrete? You gotta have you gotta have the water. You have to have water. Okay, have so water. if we're dealing with moisture vapor, you never you never realize the pH. But if we're going to have a have a, a slab that could be in a situation where we got liquid water or even condensed liquid form you know underneath the, the the flooring system then that's when you could realize the ph and when you have um we'll say this the the the, the sodiums the potassiums the chlorides the sulfates that are in concrete all at normal levels you know top middle bottom of the slab aren't hurting anything but when we get the liquid water and, and that water going to the surface it'll take those salts and it'll be concentrated at the surface of the concrete and you know with condensed liquid or water and those high salts that's when your ph is crazy and that's when it can destroy products that can't handle a ph of 12 or even or higher, higher. Yeah, higher or even higher 13 14. Right. And, and not only not only that a dew point you know you mentioned okay. condensation yeah. but dew point is the most misunderstood element to moisture related failures in floor covering. Certainly you know, is. you were, you were talking about that. You were talking before about, you know, putting the bulletproof system and the two part epoxies down on the floor. And as long as you know, dew point is not an issue, put it down. 
But if you don't calculate and realize dew point may be an issue in that, if you right. don't need it, you could be creating the actual problem Certainly. by putting that product out. So if, you're, if your job conditions would change to the point where you reach dew point and it, uh, then you get condensed liquid on me, right. then you realize the pH. That, and, that's when you have the problem. Yep. And inspectors have seen these uh, uh, applications where you know they get condensation between the the rib lines of the adhesives, the notch trial marks from the adhesives. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not necessarily, you know, liquid water just coming directly up from, you know, the substrate. You know, right. it could just be just, you reach dew point. Right, dew point. And you've got condensed liquid there. Well, you've got that the a big difference we've seen too is that you've got that temperature change, especially if you're going on concrete. So you can even test the dew point in the room and you can be within five, eight percent, but the slab is colder. Plus, you're applying a water-based adhesive to the slab, and the conditions may not be at dew point in the room, but the important aspect is what are those conditions right on top of the slab? Right. But the good news is, is you can look at all that data. You can take the... the There's you know, meters the, that you just yeah, tell you right then the and slab, there. Yeah. The temperature of the slab, RH, ambient RH. And, yep. and they'll and even calculate it. Some of them will calculate it for you. Exactly. You'll know right there. But you again, know. some they just don't take it for granted. They think, oh, okay, I don't have a moisture issue. There's no problem. But they just don't consider dew point. Right. Or, or inspectors go look at it and assume it's a concrete moisture issue, and that's not even the problem. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. We had some articles not that long ago. They said it was a small room. The, the study was showing it failed like three times on them. But it was a small room, and what they found was exactly that. They had condensation on the adhesive during installation. The adhesive never, never uh, cured. Yeah, if you're yeah, if you're putting a wet set, or if you're trialing an adhesive, a water-based adhesive in a twelve by twelve room or something, you can literally tell the difference in hum in humidity before you start trialing. When you're done trialing a room, it gets sticky in there because the water's drying. So I mean, there is a chance to change that. Yep. And just so everybody knows, you know, you you test to see where you are in reference to dew point. I mean, always check with your manufacturers, but the the rule of thumb in the industry is at least five degrees away from right. dew point and not getting not getting close. Not getting close to it, right? Right. But all in all, we're getting close here, guys. Uh, this is why we do the podcast. This is why we do education. Things like this are part of being a professional installer. Are part of understanding the industry. They're part of specifying products. It's and and how important it is to get out there and get the education that's available. I mean, we have had the benefit of being able to go out and attend education at things like the FCICA, and we've also had the time to give some classes on substrates and inspection and have some events in that manner, too. Uh, we're going to be able to get some of this across in the podcast. We're going to be able to get some of this information out, but it's going to take a lot more for people to really understand these things. And when we go to these events, again, these are the things you're going to that you're really having this exchange with, with other professionals in the industry and learning a lot more from, from your peers, even outside of the class. And I think that that's really important to get across that. Yep. We're going to be able to get some knowledge out there. We're going to be able to talk about some subjects, but to have that well-rounded education in the flooring industry, 
you've got to go to a lot of stuff. There, there is a group, no matter what you do in this industry, there's a group that caters to you. Sure. If you're an installer, there's installation groups, there's CFI. If you are a contractor, FCICA, if you are a, or even if you're a, a project manager, you can attend FCICA, but there's sales groups. There's all types of training that you can do. Find one that has a group of your peers. And I promise you, when you leave there, you're going to learn something. Right. And that's how we get better. Listen to the old guys, you know, there are some guys here that have been in the industry a long time. You know, there's Sim Chrysler. I, I try to have at least one cigar with him every time I'm here. And I want, when we're outside smoking, it's just he and I, and I don't say a dang word. I just listen yeah, to him and he'll teach me guy stuff. You will always learn something from. Always from. So where can we find so, you in the near future, Seth? You got any events or, or training going on in the near future? If you feel like giving out your email address, you're welcome to, but that's up to you. Ah, uh, certainly. I mean, I got a cell phone number. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're, we've always been uh, a company that's huge on training. We have training academies all over North America. And, uh, we just pride ourselves on the training we give. You know, we want everybody to be successful out there. And if they're successful, you know, then we're successful. And you're doing something right. Yep. Yeah. And we, and we really appreciate it. I, we can't under, we can't understate the, the appreciation we have for you and Ardex. You guys really help NASCT a lot, help Floor You podcast, and uh, we appreciate it. Nah, so, we, we appreciate it too. We appreciate the opportunity to just just train and educate uh, just alongside in front of you people. guys. Yeah. Uh, you know, regardless, uh, you know, we're, we're helping helping the industry, helping uh, you know, contractors, uh, installers be, become successful. So, good deal. Always support the training. Of course, we want to thank everyone for listening. If you're if you're listening to this, you might already know, but it's Floor You Podcast on YouTube, Floor You Podcast on Facebook, and someday when I get enough time to finish it, lazy, 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 FloorYouPodcast.com. Um, it's just like the fifth episode. He said, "I'm working on the website." Yeah, fourth. It's not the fifth. Uh, my apologies. So you know the- I've you know I've got edit controls, right? I can edit <laughs> this thing, right? <laughs> You want yeah. to reach us if you'd like to reach us for advertising or to be on the show, floryoupodcast at gmail.com. Thank you, Seth. Much yeah. appreciated. Yep. And I just want to say thank you, Paul. Thank you, Seth, for bro. having me on. Thoroughly enjoyed it. No, good times. Thank you, buddy. Our, our next guest will be next week. Next week. Yeah, I don't know who we're going to get next week. <laughs> we'll find somebody. Find somebody here. Thank you, guys. down to Georgia. He was looking for a soul to steal. He was in a